Retirement is often seen as a destination, but we believe it's an opportunity to pursue your passions, realize your dreams, and live a purposeful life. Great decisions, incredible lives. Retire with Intention podcast is about more than just money. It's about embracing the things that truly matter, the experiences, the relationships, and the impact you leave behind. Here is your host, John Creekmer. Well, everybody, welcome back to Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire with Intention. John Creekmer here, and so glad you decided to join us again for another episode. And uh, feedback's been phenomenal. Make sure that you always uh, get us some replies and feel free to connect via social media uh, or even get a call to the office and uh, whatever, however you want to connect with us. Uh, the feedback's been phenomenal. Give some great direction as far as on other topics to cover. And today, um, we're going to be talking with Matt McCann. And one of the uh, number one topics that we hear from people is tax. And number two is, what happens to my plan if all of a sudden something medical comes up and I my assets are at risk? And so because of that, we wanted to connect with a specialist that is in this area. And I uh, got to know Matt here recently. And, uh, you know, he is recognized as one of the nation's leading long-term care healthcare specialists, nationally known speaker on long-term care issues. He's also a publisher of LTC News, which is the leading consumer-focused website providing information, tools, and resources on aging, uh, caregiving, health, long-term care, and retirement planning. Uh, you guys are going to find out Matt is an expert in long-term health care planning, LTC insurance, caregiving, uh, and even political implications uh, from all of those things. And he's been asked to submit testimony to the U.S. House and Senate committees you know, a phenomenal resource. So blessed to have Matt with us today. Hey, Matt, welcome to the show. John, great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Great. Excellent. Hey, Matt, give us a quick background, if you will. How did you get to where you're at right now as far as long-term care? Did you always want to say, you know, I woke up and I wanted to be a long-term care specialist, or did you kind of come by it later on in life? Yeah, I had no clue I would be in long-term care or the insurance industry whatsoever. I I spent, well, I used to say I spent most of my life in the radio industry. I can't say that anymore because uh, there's there's more at the back end than the front end anymore. But I was in radio since age 14. Uh, my college degree is in radio and TV. Uh, I was in radio in, in many markets, uh, including San Antonio and Chicago. Uh, but in 1998, my mom at age 59 ended up with a health event that letter to a nursing home and uh, really decades of, of long-term health care. And at that time, the company that I worked for it, uh, was purchased by Disney. Uh, they made some changes. I was looking for another radio job. And I saw back when you look for jobs in the newspaper, remember that? I got the mm -hmm. Chicago Tribune out uh, looking for something to do while I was looking for a job in radio. Saw an ad about long-term care insurance. And I thought, you know, I'll do that temporarily since I'm learning a little bit about that. So since then, this is what I've done. And I've uh, been doing it uh, on a national scale uh, since 2014. So I am licensed in every state and the District of Columbia. So we mentioned long-term care. So for our listeners, let's kind of walk through what is long-term care? What does that entail? Um, is that something which is just kind of really specific or is it kind of broad? Now, it's pretty broad. When we talk about long-term health care, we're really talking about uh, one of two different things, either help with what we call activities of daily living uh, mm -hmm. and the related instrumental activities of daily living. Um, 
ADLs, the activities of daily living, are all the things we kind of take for granted that we had to learn how to do as an infant. That at some point, either due to an illness, accident, or just the impact of aging that we need help and assistance uh, with. You know, things like uh, eating, dressing, going to the bathroom, personal hygiene that goes along with that. Uh, Transferring from point A to point B. And the instrumental activities of daily living are all the skills that we need to navigate life, you know, whether it's going shopping and uh, paying bills and cooking, cleaning, and that sort of thing. That again, either due to an illness, accident, or the impact of aging that we need help and assistance with. And of course, the other part of that equation is supervision due to memory loss. Hmm. And memory loss is becoming a huge issue, not just in the United States, but uh, globally because of longevity. So there are hundreds of different types of dementia. I mean, obviously, we all know about Alzheimer's, but that is not the only type of dementia. (laughs) And so there are consequences uh, with the aging process and chronic illnesses, things that used to kill us no longer do. Well, that's great. We don't die. Right. But, John, if you don't die and you don't recover, the only thing left is long-term health care. And that type of care is not covered by health insurance or by Medicare or Medicare supplements. What they pay for is a limited amount of skilled services, uh, typically 100 days. And after that, you're on your own. So just from a cost standpoint, the implications are huge. Mm. But John, long-term care is more than just about money. It's the impact on family. So Mm. we kind of balance uh, these consequences, financial and family, uh, when we talk about long-term care planning. So so many people, man, they say, hey, um, I don't want to go to a nursing home facility. I want to stay at my house as long as I can. So when you talk about long-term care planning, how does that fa- how does that whole discussion factor into it? Well, long-term care insurance, which is a, a primary way to plan for the consequences of aging and chronic health issues, will pay for any type of care, whether it's all areas of home care, be it skilled, semi-skilled, or homemaker and companionship services, uh, pays for adult daycare, assisted living, rehab, memory care, as well as the traditional nursing home. You are right. Most people want to be at home. But what I've noticed in recent years is many more people will will sell the house and move into assisted living. Hmm. Certainly, no one wants to go to a nursing home. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, nursing homes have their place. There are some people that really need that more institutional care. But home care and assisted living is where most care is delivered and what daycare, of course, it kind of goes on with home care. And that's where most people prefer. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where most families want their loved ones to receive their care at. And long-term care insurance or your back pocket. Policies are comprehensive. Mm -hmm. So whether you want to be at home or in a certain facility like assisted living, that control, that independence is always going to be left up to you and the family, not to a pencil pusher Mm -hmm. at an insurance company. Mm-hmm. So when I kind of think about this, a lot of people talk about Medicare and they talk about Medicaid and there seems to be some confusion on the difference between the two. 
and what is covered. So can you help our listeners kind of unscramble all that confusion between Medicaid, Medicare, and what's covered when it comes to all, whether it be a assisted living or home health care or full-on long-term care uh, in a facility? How does all that kind of get unscrambled? Yeah, John, that's a, it's a common question. And the easy way to remember is the last few letters of the word. Medicare, care is health insurance. We pay taxes for that our entire working lives. It becomes our primary health insurance when we turn age 65. Um, Medicaid aid is the medical welfare program. Hmm. Medicaid was never intended for long-term health care. However, Medicaid has become the primary payer of long-term health care in the United States. Now, there's obviously many problems with that. Uh, most significantly, anyone with assets has to eliminate those assets in order to qualify. So you have to have very little income and assets to qualify for Medicaid. Now, for some people with little assets to start with, that's fine. But most people with savings want to protect that and preserve that and preserve their access to choice of care. With Medicaid, you have to use Medicaid providers. And that sometimes can be kind of questionable as to the quality because of the low reimbursement rates that the government uh, reimburses uh, those providers. Now, you used a phrase, eliminate their assets. That doesn't sound good. Eliminate that I've worked for. (laughs) What does that mean, eliminate their assets? You have to be poor. Okay. Okay. You can't just give away your money. Yeah, yeah. There's federal laws that prevent that. There's what they call a five-year look-back rule. So if you give your money away today, you can't qualify for Medicaid for five years. They're going to count that as your your money, even if you gave it to your son or daughter and they lost it all in Vegas too bad. Okay. That's still your asset. So remember Medicaid is a welfare program. So Mm -hmm. if you have assets, you're going to pay for your care yourself until you no longer have assets. Mm -hmm. In most States, you can't have more than $2,000 of assets. You have a living spouse. Each state has an allowance for the living spouse There's minimal income levels that you're uh, allowed. But the thing to remember with Medicaid, it's a welfare program. Most people with any kind of savings want to avoid or at least delay uh, the need for Medicaid. Goodness. So it sounds like it could be staggering. Now, we've not talked about the level of stagger. So as far as cost, what do you see now, Matt, as far as cost for a person to take care of a long-term care need? Um, not so much the insurance, but as far as their monthly costs that they might expect to pay. Yeah, the cost of care varies depending on where you live. So, for example, if you're in the South, cost of care is more moderate than if you're in the Northeast, far Northwest, or Alaska and Hawaii. But, for example, let's take Illinois. And I, I use the LTC uh, News Cost of Care Calculator, available at ltcnews.com. Um, in Illinois, I'm doing this off the top of my head. Uh, but home care based on a 44-hour week is going to run about $5,400, $5,500 a month. Again, in the South, going to be a little bit uh, less, Northeast, Northwest, a little bit more. Assisted living is around the same, but that is the base cost. When you're in assisted living, they're going to add surcharges. Those surcharges are based on the amount of extra services that you require, and that can change over time as you age and as your health uh decreases uh, Mm -hmm. over that time. And that can add anywhere from another $500 a month on top of base on the low end 
to as much as $1,800 a month on top of base on the high end. Mm -hmm. Obviously, nursing homes are the most expensive, but the least used. And the mm -hmm. median average is uh, nationally is well over $100,000 a year in yeah. today's dollars. So in today's dollars, well, that's increasing every year. Folks talk about inflation the last couple of years, you know, whatever for the average expense for our milk and our breads is up, what, 7 8% over the right, couple but, of years but ago. But luckily, luckily right? when we're talking about long-term care, most long-term care is labor-intensive. Huh. So cost of care goes up primarily with labor costs. Mm -hmm. Now in facility care, you're going to see the impact of utilities and food and those types of things involved in the cost of care. But for instance, for home care, those costs go up, but they don't go up as much as other areas in the economy because it's labor-based. Labor. Now it's interesting. My mom, uh, my father passed away a couple of years ago. My mom is in assisted living and uh, loves loves her location where she's at now. And so she moved in about two and a half years ago. Um, and so her monthly cost has increased this on a percentage basis. Uh, she's up about 33% over the last two years. And we just received another 5% increase starting here the first uh, of this coming year. So, and a lot of that's being driven by labor costs. Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind is when people hear that, uh, some of that may be that her needs have also increased during mm -hmm. that time as well. Exactly. So sometimes I hear stories, oh, my cost went up X, X, and Y, but also the individual's needs also went up as well. Yeah. The bottom line is it's going to be expensive. <laughs> okay. Someone is going to pay for it. You're going to get the care one way or the other, but you're going to either drain assets. Uh, your family will step in to decide which asset to liquidate on your mm -hmm. behalf, they may not make the same decisions as you would, or you're going to have no assets and then your choices will be limited because you will be on Medicaid. Yeah. So now we, let's kind of pivot a little bit if we could, Matt. We kind of walk through the need, right? And so we have this growing population we're seeing and we're living longer. Um, we have um, a certain expectation for quality of life and quality of care. That comes with a cost. Uh, we know the cost of that is increasing. Um, every single year. We also have um, our bodies aren't meant, meant to last forever. And so there's a certain little, little bit of uh, having an increasing need as we go through time. Now, the cost with that is also, it's a large amount of assets. And people have worked hard for their money. Uh, they've set aside dollars. They've been diligent with their saving and investing. And now all of a sudden, the thought of having to spend $5,000, $6,000, $8,000 a month and eroding away those assets is there. What are you seeing? Is there ways for families, for individuals to protect those dollars as they walk through their long-term care planning? But what do you see as the best ways to navigate that? The first thing that has to be done is the understanding that long-term care can happen to you. Hmm. Okay? The biggest obstacle, number one obstacle that prevents people from planning the costs and burdens of aging is the feeling that it will not happen to them. Denial mm -hmm. is a huge issue. And this denial, quite frankly, is the reason why you have about 19 states considering following the state of Washington's lead in taxing individuals age 18 and older uh, that do not have a qualified long-term care insurance policy. This money that they will be collecting uh, is to help fund Medicaid because the Medicaid budgets are exploding. So 
that's a hammer. I am not in support of the tax. California is very close to enacting theirs, uh, probably sometime in 2024. You got Minnesota, Michigan, uh, New York, Illinois, and many other states looking at their own programs to deal with this because too many people are in denial. So why would you plan for something that's never going to happen? And that is the number one reason why people don't buy long-term care insurance. It's not because it's expensive. because You get it when most people do in their 40s or 50s. It's very affordable for most people. Um, it's because they think that it won't happen. And sometimes they won't say it that way. They'll say, well, I, my kids will take care of me, or I have enough savings to pay for my own care, which makes no sense. Okay, I mean, we have homeowner's insurance. We have auto insurance. Statistically, those things don't really happen very often. Mm -hmm. Yet, according to Uncle Sam, half of us who reach the age of 65 will need some type of long-term health care before we die. So (laughs) it's not a small risk. It's really not if, but when and how long. That, unfortunately, is what we don't know. We don't know when. We don't know how long. If we did, planning would be super easy. (laughs) But you got to get over the hump and say, yeah, this is a problem. I don't want this to impact my family. I don't want to impact my lifestyle or my spouse's lifestyle. I want to preserve money for future generations. And I don't care how important or unimportant leaving a legacy is. I don't know too many people that would not rather have their money after they use it themselves to go to their kids or grandkids as opposed to going up in smoke and paying for care. It's just common sense in my mind. The, um, you know, I had never heard of the state of Washington having a tax for not having a long-term care policy in place. So that that's actually enforced now, Matt? Yep, as of July of this year. Yep. You know, that's so interesting. I've not heard of that before. And uh, that's fascinating to me. And more, it sounds like more states are considering similar measures. And that speaks to the fact we know that the tax code really is uh, something which uh, has been used for thousands of years for social engineering uh, to help help people make better decisions. And uh, that's incredible. Well, I should point out, they're not doing it to get you to buy long-term care insurance. They would rather get the money. The money. Okay. Very good. Really would. Uh, <laughs> they have an opt out if you have insurance. Uh, yeah. They really have no choice. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but they want the money. They want the control. And we could probably spend a lot of time on that. We probably shouldn't. But the point is, there are many states that are really being forced to do something mm-hmm. because Medicaid was never designed for long term care. Mm-hmm. Yet we're all living longer. It's hard to die. And with so many people needing help with activities of daily living or supervision due to memory loss, someone has to pay for it. And if you run out of money or have very little money to start with, that means it's the government, which means it's taxpayers. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That's uh, that's, it's interesting how things have changed in that entire discussion, because you're right. You hear so many folks that say it's never going to happen to me. Um, and then eventually when it does, our bodies start breaking down and then all of a sudden they realize what's going to be happening. It's like, I don't want to spend through all my money. What do I do now? And at that point, it's almost too late um, as far as to do any preventative planning. And so then all of a sudden, then they're kind of uh, on option number three, 
which is trying to minimize costs and have family uh, carry a lot of the burden. You know, you bring up a good point, John, is that um, it is your good health that gives you the ability to plan. So a lot of times people say, well, I'm healthy now. I don't need long-term care insurance, Mm -hmm. but you can't get long-term care insurance if you're not healthy. Right. So think of it this way. You got a kitchen fire. You don't have homeowner's insurance and you think, oh my goodness, what's the last TV commercial I saw? Oh yes. I'll call State Farm. You call State Farm or Allstate or nationwide and say, I want homeowner's insurance. And they say, well, Great. Uh, does it matter that my house is burning down right now? And what do you think they're going to tell you? They're going to tell you, well, once you rebuild, you give us a call and we'll insure your new home. Insurance has to do with if. If you take the if away, it's no longer insurance. Mm-hmm. So they have to, actuaries, have to manage this risk. They know a healthy person has a high risk in eating care. But if you start adding certain types of health conditions that increase your risk above this statistical average, insurance company is going to say, you know what? It's too late. You're a diabetic. You're a hundred pounds overweight. You smoke and you drink too much beer. Your blood pressure is too high. Mm -hmm. They're not going to take you. So most of the people I talk to are in their fifties, anywhere from like 47 to 62 uh, mm-hmm. Although if you have really good health, you can get it uh, older. You certainly can get it younger. And in the States, considering the tax, you know, you've got a lot of younger people looking at long-term care insurance because it's less expensive than the tax. Yeah. So a lot of people I've heard over the time, over the years on the radio, people talk about when should you start to get long to consider long-term care insurance? And um, I know one popular radio uh, program guy on, on finance, he says, don't consider it until you're age 60. Um, yes. And it's like, yeah, come on. And so what what do you see looking at numbers, Matt, as far as when should people start considering what they're going to be doing with long-term care a risk and uh, how should they handle what age should they start considering that? Yeah. It, Dave Ramsey is the one that, that talks about uh, age 60. And the, and the problem with age 60 is a huge percentage of people are already uninsurable or hard to insure by that time. Mm-hmm. Plus premiums are based on your age and health. So again, most of my clients are in their 40s and 50s. That is usually the ideal time. And again, we're talking about not in the states considering a tax. Right. If you live in California right now, okay, you know, if you make good income and you're younger, you probably should be looking at long-term care insurance. And there's other states that are in that process. And that's a whole other conversation. But generally, once you're in your 40s and 50s, you're well into your retirement plan. Uh, you got your kids close to or in college. Maybe you're lucky enough to get them already out of college. And now you can start looking at long-term care insurance to safeguard that 401k, those IRAs, and make sure that you can enjoy your retirement as opposed to you know, dealing with all sorts of uh, health costs and the implications on the family. Mm. Whenever we kind of think about the whole discussion of long-term care matters, a lot of different decision points. We've covered the reason why. We've covered the things to consider. We covered ADLs, which is critical for folks to understand that. We've also talked about how, you know, whenever your health goes down and all of a sudden you want to start protecting assets, so you start giving away to kids, um, that actually that's a that's an attachable asset, right? If it's done 
uh, too close to the time on which you need care. So, so at the end of the day, planning needs to happen. It sounds like planning needs to happen sooner than later for most people um, instead of delaying. So we've covered a ton of information. I know this is so valuable. And, and this is what everybody knows. If you need more information for Matt, the best place to go, Matt, is what, RadioLTC.com? Yeah, that'll take you directly to my website. And there's information there. There's other good resources I use. Uh, LTCnews.com has a tremendous amount of tools and resources that are available. Uh, the federal government, uh, longtermcare.gov, uh, also has uh, resources available on that website as well. Yeah, excellent. Phenomenal resources. We'll have some of those in the show notes. Uh, but definitely, uh, I'd encourage you to pick up your phone and go to radioltc.com right now. Phenomenal, phenomenal site. Just pick up a lot of information and uh, to help you think through things. And as always, if you have questions, you can always reach out to Matt or uh, feel free to reach out to the office. We'll get you the resources you need uh, here. Matt, in closing, any other high points that you think are critical for people to uh, to keep in mind as it relates to LTC or any other topics you want to make sure that we definitely get across the post? Absolutely. Premiums can vary dramatically between insurance companies for the exact mm -hmm. same coverage. So you've got to talk to a true long-term care insurance specialist that represents, you know, all of the, the top rated companies, not just one or two. That is not usually a financial advisor or a general insurance agent. Someone like myself can help you choose the right carrier based on your age, health, and family history. Policies are custom designed. And if you get it in your 40s and 50s, even in your early 60s, most people are really surprised in how affordable they can be. Uh, there's also policies with death benefits. Uh, there's lots of different options. And so don't be afraid. Get your education, learn about your options, and then execute an option. Yeah. Well, great words. Appreciate that, man. Everybody, Matt McCann, thank you so much for being on the show today. One of the nation's leading experts in the need for long-term care. Uh, definitely check out RadioLTC.com. Get more information for him. Matt, thank you so much for joining us again and um everybody else i want to thank you also for listening again to a, another edition of the podcast of great decisions incredible lives just want to make sure you all have all the information that you need to make wise decisions moving forward to live out the incredible life you always envisioned until next time john creamer talk to you guys later bye-bye thank you again for listening to the great decisions incredible lives retire with intention podcast with host john creamer Follow us on social media, visit our website, and join our community of like-minded individuals redefining retirement and living incredible lives. Please leave us a review and share our podcast with others who may benefit. We wish you a future filled with purpose, fulfillment, and the joy of living your incredible life in retirement.